I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison and having survived a vote of no confidence, here's Dave Cripp. Oh, why am I the one getting no confidence, did... No, no. Well, we have this conversation at work today. Is it a vote of confidence or a vote of no confidence? Tricky, isn't it? I think it's technically a vote of confidence, but yeah. that makes no sense to most people. So if you so pass a vote of no confidence, does that mean you that failed you... failed because you've got no confidence, right? Exactly. It's yeah. a vote of confidence. You want to win the vote of confidence, don't you? To show that, yeah. you've got, that people have confidence in you. But if you win a vote of no confidence, then do you still win? Uh, if you win a vote of no confidence, you do still win. Yes, yes, I think yeah. so. This is for context. So the meaning is the same. Yes, well, exactly. It's like inflammable, isn't it? Yeah. What does that mean can't be on fire? Flammable and inflammable both mean flammable. <laughs> <laughs> it's one uh, of, the English language. Yeah, it's one of the most bizarre, like, and also completely pointless definitions like why why would that be the case hmm. but yeah so if you if anyone ever describes something as inflammable it means you can set it on fire easily dave do you want a quick fire game before we start always is it because we've we played this fire? before and right. you absolutely nailed it it's time to play guess what pete's drinking Ooh, because okay. remember when we did this before and you guessed that it was seven, seven up? up yeah i did actually yeah Mental. is it mm. well, i'm ready? guessing Do you it's not hear s- it? yeah i want to hear the slip <sighs> that's a diet coke oh you fucked it oh, i say it with confidence just in case it was right what was it it is actually a diet sparkling orange i was going to say fanta that's annoying yeah there you but go is it not fanta by by the no, it's actually Dave. An MS orange. MS. Yes. MS orange. I prefer the MS fizzy orange to the Fanta, you? you know? It's got a more clean yeah. taste. Do you think that this is perhaps a sign that it's probably not a bad thing that we're on the last episode of the series? Oh, absolutely, Pete. Absolutely. I think we are, to put it lightly, running out of conversation. Do you think Guess the Beverage will make it to Series 8? <laughs> I tell you what, that depends on a. Let's take a vote, shall we? Okay, do you want Guess the Beverage to become do a regular you want feature? Guess the Beverage, please get in touch and either say, yes, that sounds like the best thing I've ever heard in my life, or no, that sounds like an absolute bumhole of an idea, all right? Just let us yeah, know, Okay, fine. and uh, we will either take it on to the next series or not. Hmm. Okay. In the meantime, should we do the final request brackets S? 
and Dave, brackets. why don't we go out with a bang with not just one request, but... Exactly. Hence my brackets S requests. Oh. I see. <laughs> uh, two requests, Pete. Two. I'll tell you what. Do you know who's played an absolute blinder is Neve. And okay. I'll tell you why Neve's played a blinder in a minute. But first, here's Becky. Hi. Who hasn't played a blinder? Becky has played the system as it's supposed to be played. Okay. Hi, I'm Becky, and I absolutely love, in capital letters, your podcast. I'm on my fifth rewatch of Friends, and would love for you to review The One After the Super Bowl, Part 1, as it's one of my favourite episodes, due to Erica stalking and falling in love with Joey, and slash Dr. Drake, Phoebe singing for the children, including some of her best songs, and Ross going to see Marcel, who started an acting career. Do you know what you've done, Becky, there, is you've reduced the need for me to do a rare synopsis, really, because that is... As succinct a synopsis as that. Yeah, as, Becky's done it for us. Yeah, it's better than the Wikipedia one, I'd say. That's what you can put on your CV from now on. Um, meanwhile, thank you, she says. You're welcome. Oh, we haven't done it yet. You might not thank us afterwards. Uh, meanwhile, Neve, Pete. Now, tell me when Neve sent this request. Uh, within the last few days. Four days ago, Peter. Four days ago. She has played a blinder because she's requested, just by co- complete coincidence, an episode that Becky requested maybe a year ago, year and a half Had ago. she requested it when we'd already said on last week's episode that it, we were doing this one? Well, it depends, I guess, when you listen to the episode, doesn't it? Well, that's true. So I don't think we should accuse Neve of uh I wasn't accusing Neve of anything. Well, it sounded a bit no, sus- like you were a bit suspicious, no. Pete, actually. Like you were suspicious about stuff. Suspicious man. Um but anyway, so Neve's played a blinder because within four days of her requesting it, we're talking about it, but just by coincidence. Because it was already on the slate and had been slated for a while. Hi, Dave and Pete, she says. I'd love it if you reviewed the one after the Super Bowl, part one. Uh, interesting that both Becky and Neve have used the word review, not discuss. And I feel the word review or, you know, discuss or talk about or analyse. Review really makes us sound more... More credible. Credible than we are, you know? Like Mark mm. Kermode reviews films on the BBC. You know, we, I don't think we have the kudos or the authority to be called reviewers. What's your job? Oh, I'm a television reviewer. Oh, yeah? I just have one specific television show. Yeah, but I reckon I reckon anyone can call themselves a reviewer of something. I know. I'm just saying it makes us sound like we've got more more credit in the can. I'm happy. I'll put TV reviewer on my... Um, on my LinkedIn? I don't have a LinkedIn. I do have a LinkedIn, actually. I just never go on it. Uh, do you have a LinkedIn? I think so. Yeah, exactly. It's not really They're not. It's not It's really used as much now. It's line not of work, really, no. But I've, I've started to notice people have been using them more. I keep getting invitations on my phone, and I'm like, oh, but... Maybe we'd have more successful careers if we used LinkedIn more. I think that's in, it's almost inevitable that the things that we're just not doing because we can't be asked are contributing to us not having as successful careers as we might otherwise So have. let's just put more effort into this podcast that gets us fuck all. Exactly. <laughs> let's watch more Friends and review it. Because after all, Pete... We are reviewers now. Um, Neve goes on. The premise for this plot is mental. 
Chandler is absolutely right when he says Marcel wouldn't remember Ross. Brooke Shields makes a great, insane stalker, but would Joey get a stalker after only one episode? That's a good point. Also, weird Phoebe plot. Why would they let a random woman from a cafe sink the kids in a library? Well, yes, we'll discuss this. Uh, Neve says, I'm a student nurse and I listen to you after long shifts and I did so throughout COVID. They helped me unwind, so thank you. Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, it's really That's really nice, isn't it? I've got nothing uh cynical or sarcastic to say about that because that's what a nice thing to say mm. um so glad we could help just a little bit as we've noted before we are of course the real heroes of the covid effort here <laughs> <laughs> so and and that comes directly from a nurse so who are you to argue eh uh, I won't read the whole synopsis because Becky did such a good job but I just note the production code 457313 uh, the director, Michael Lambeck, is a, is a Mickey Lambeck special. Nice. And I will note uh, something I never do on this, which is the, well, occasionally we do, but the audience, the US view is in millions. And just for context, and it won't be a surprise considering the title of the episode, but the previous episode had 31.6 million. The one after it, the one with the prom video gets 33.6 million. The one after the Super Bowl got 52.9 million Jesus. views. 52. Okay. And that's because, as the title indicates, it was put on directly after the Super Bowl, which is one of the most watched things in the world. And I say yep. one of them because all Americans listening will immediately be going, which is the most watched thing in the history of everything. Because Americans don't know about soccer slash football, which gets infinitely more viewers than the Super Bowl. But ever talk to an American about that? They think the Super Bowl is like the biggest thing in the world, don't they? Idiots. <laughs> Don't call our audience idiots. I'm joking. I merely implied they were idiots. You said it. Hmm. Now, actually, I think our American listeners uh, are most likely to get in touch. I've noticed a theme and trend amongst our American listeners, which they mostly seem to be ashamed of the fact they are put in the same bracket as, you know, the sort of stereotypical American. Um, and they are quick to uh, quick to also jump to the offence of. We do ones. the same of stereotypical British people. Maybe. That's true. Yeah, actually, uh, Brit- Brits are idiots as much as yeah. I mean, everyone's an idiot, Pete. I think that's. I think uh, as a Britain spent. A whole- oh no, I won't say that. <laughs> Go on. I was going to say that Britain has spent a whole weekend sort of being quite ridiculous. Yeah, of course it has. Absolutely you about can say itself. That. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely nuts. I mean, Britain is insane. Everywhere is insane. The end. Shall we talk yeah. about friends? <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll get dragged into this Anglo-American insult fest. Uh, so yeah, this is, as um, the synopsis tells us, the most watched episode of Friends ever on the original television broadcast. As it was directly after the Super Bowl, it has 100,000 guest stars. Uh, and don't forget, Pete, we're only reviewing part one today. We've done this before. So we will not continue to discuss, for example, Julia Roberts. She's not even in it yet, is she? And both of these episodes, like the Super Bowl one and the London one, I think most people will have watched them as one. You know, you don't really tend to watch half of it without the other. So my memory of this is very all combined, you know. But having just watched the first half today, I'm in prime position to only talk about the first half. And there's a bloody lot going on, isn't there? There are loads of guest stars, including the monkey. I mean, right at the start of this episode, should we start with monkey? Let's start with the monkey, because that's right at the start. You're going to talk about the advert, are you? Well, it's just, 
Why is the cutest thing that Ross can remember about Marcel? Marcel shitting in hats. I'm sure. I'm not sure Ross's relationship with the monkey was entirely a healthy one, as a sort of pet and owner one. He's. It's a like that is a weird thing to be your abiding memory of your beloved pet, isn't it? And then there's very soon after a Chandler joke about defecating in a hat. It's like, why, why is everyone shitting in hats? I know. And I love my dog who's asleep on the floor with all my heart and he's the best thing in my life. The very worst thing about him is that he shits and I have <laughs> yeah. to pick it up. And I'd say that is, you know, and if he could understand me, I don't think he'd begrudge me for thinking that, you know? Yeah. And I can't imagine the best thing about owning a monkey is that it just poops everywhere. That's not That's not good, is it? No, you'd list that as a con, wouldn't you? Yeah, like one of the few cons of having a pet that you absolutely love, but certainly in the con category. If that's the best thing about a monkey, then it's not really an experience to be fondly remembered, is it? What do you think is the best thing about having a pet monkey? Um, I think it's probably being able to tell people that you have a pet monkey. Agreed. I can't imagine a very cuddly... I don't know. Do you know what I think is the best thing? And, and Ross does it a lot is the sort of summoning the monkey and it jumping on your shoulders. That's cool. Like a pirate, but with a monkey, not a parrot. But you'd have, well, this proves that you have to sing to it to get it. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd look mad. I mean, that's maybe after a while. I, the, the thing that Neve brought up um, and the thing that Chandler says that the monkey isn't capable well, he says he's not capable of the element of surprise, I guess, which but is, is to imply that he wouldn't remember Ross. And I mean, like, if I didn't see my dog for a year, he would definitely remember me when I saw him, you know? They remember smells, don't they? Yeah, he'd go nuts. And as I say this, I realise I'm absolutely not an, an animal behaviour expert in any degree, in the sense that I don't know anything about it, really, a monkey. So um, there's not really an end to this sentence. But I'm just wondering, I'd have thought the monkey might remember Ross and... After a bit of singing, he does, but he doesn't remember him enough before the song. I like the way that it shows Ross has travelled somewhere by showing the exterior of a random plane, yeah. as if as if like showing him a zoo isn't enough to <laughs> to let you know that he's travelled to a zoo. Well, yeah, especially because the scene before he says, "I'm travelling to a zoo," you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, it's. I, I presume that's just like stock footage, but maybe you never know. Maybe David Schwimmer actually got on that plane. Maybe. Product placement, though, surely, right? Yeah. Because it's a, uh, it's a branded, oh, it's American it? Airlines, isn't it? Right, so they probably got some, some Wonga out of it, like in the London Probably got one. some of that uh, Pottery Barn cash. <laughs> <laughs> like when Richard Branson gave, gave them a billion, billion dollars to both have his Virgin Airlines and him, him. in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd like to talk about the advert for the beer. Now, Monkey Shine Beer, okay? Mm-hmm. A, not a good name. I don't really want to drink anything that's got the word monkey in it. Do you want a Corona? It's <laughs> a good point. I did have a Corona for the first time this weekend since the coronavirus. Mm. And that's Still because those guys. somebody offered to buy me a drink. This is actually a, absolutely nothing to do with anything, but you've brought it up now. And it's been confusing me a little since. Someone offered to buy me a drink on Friday night. And I said, oh, no, 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 don't worry, you don't have to. It was some, like a friend of a friend, classic. And they're like, no, 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 let me get you a drink, absolutely. What would you like? I said, oh, great, I'll have a vodka and Diet Coke, please. I went away, went to the bar, came back, handed me a Corona, walked away. Nothing else was said. Vodka Coke has some kind of coronary syllables in it. I don't think you can mishear that that badly, right? Were you in a loud bar? Nope. Right. 
Nope. Anyway, that is the story of how I had a corona. <laughs> <laughs> cool story, bro. I imagine I'll be making that into a film pretty yeah. soon. Outbreak 3, the coronavirus takes Manhattan. <laughs> Did you note the slogan for the beer? Uh, remind me. Can't get the monkey off your back. Then put it in your mouth. Yes, that's it. What the fuck are you talking about? That's one of the um, worst slow. I mean, I'm sure it's supposed to be bad, but like deliberately. But what a mad old slogan. I don't want to put a monkey in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> Ross probably does. Put <laughs> a monkey in his mouth so it can shit in its mouth. Yeah. Little monkey um, raisins. I don't like that expression either. No, it's not good, is it? It's not nice. Uh, anyway, terrible slogan, terrible advert. I mean, whoever made the advert deserves to be fired. What about, to sell this beer, we just have some women, a hammock, and a monkey. All right, that'll do. Sold. Yeah. Um, anyway, Ross misses Marcel. The advert makes him think of Marcel. I mm, was wondering if he should have recognised Marcel, considering it was literally Marcel, but I think there's probably a lot of capuchin monkeys that look very similar, aren't there? Would you recognise your own monkey if you saw it on telly? <laughs> is this monkey as penis genre, or...? Why, why did you make it about penis? Well, like Chandler does later. Would you recognise your... <laughs> would you recognise your penis if you saw it on telly? <laughs> uh, more than a monkey, I would have thought, yeah. <laughs> there's a higher chance I'd recognise my penis than right. a monkey. What kind of show do you think your penis would appear on? There's not that many shows it could appear in realistically, is it? There's, I tell you, the only realistic way my penis would be on the television would be in the in the show Naked Attraction, right? Right. It's very. I'm not going to go on it, but that is a show where members of the public can and do get their penises out, isn't it? Mm, that's true. I don't think it's going to be on television in any sort of professional acting role because acting. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, tasteful nudity in a film or, or TV show is fine, isn't it? Well, that's true. But I'm li- un- unlikely to get those roles. I think certainly at my age and with my <laughs> level of acting experience. Well, so it probably never rule it out. Every, never rule it out, Pete. Never rule it out. Um. I was trying to think if I'd recognise my dog on TV, actually, which is a more pertinent comparison. And actually, I think you would. Well, I like to think I would, but there are fucking loads of dogs that look exactly like my dog, it turns out. Like, I know three people that have a dog that are, that's basically exa- identical to my dog. Right. To the point Do you where- know three people who have identical penis? <laughs> uh, no, not, not for certain. Right. Not for certain. I think everyone's is different, aren't they? I mean, you're more an expert in that area than me, Pete. <laughs> uh, they vary wildly. <laughs> um, back to the scene in the zoo. So Ross is missing the monkey. He, he decides to go and surprise Marcel in the zoo, gets on the product placement plane. Off to San Diego he goes. I think the scenes in the zoo are some of my favourite scenes in All of Friends. There's some great lines, both with the boss of the zoo and the cleaner in the zoo. Yeah. Um, a cleaner? Janitor, I think you call it janitor. janitor. Um, yeah, just line after line from each of those characters is great. Yeah, and, and in the spirit of that, I don't think I want to save my favourite lines to the end of the episode this week. I think they are just all in here. I think sometimes monkeys die, you know, 
not a great saying. It's a lot cuter if your monkey hasn't just died. Exactly. And then the janitors, do you believe everything the zoo tells you? Yeah. <laughs> all of those ones, they're so, so funny. Fred Willard, RIP, sad, what a terrible loss, is um, is so funny as the zoo manager, isn't he? Yeah. And um, then Dan Castanletta as the janitor, Homer Simpson the janitor. And um, a, a cruising joke. There's, do you know what? As I was watching this episode, there's a lot of um, jokes that maybe wouldn't have necessarily made a normal episode because it's on later after the Super Bowl. I wondered. I couldn't quite work it out. There's another couple later that we'll bring up. But there is a cruising joke, isn't there? Yeah, Ross thinks that the uh, janitor wants him to sneak off to a private place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the, fa- my, the absolute best bit of this whole episode is the janitor's face when he fails to bribe Ross. Yeah. To get a massive laugh out of literally not moving your face at all and just moving it's your just eyes. Just his eyes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's so impressive. It's so good. Um, and I remember the first time I found out that that was the man that plays Homer Simpson in that uh, janitorial role because, like, I just, I think I just presumed he didn't do real acting. <laughs> like, real acting is a terrible phrase. Apologies to all actors. Uh, uh, in person acting, you know? And then voice once you're aware of that, yeah. you can you can imagine his voice, not just as Homer, but just in The Simpsons in like thousands of different characters, yeah. can't you? Yeah, you can you can hear the you can hear those characters all coming through, can't you? A little bit in his in his sort of regular voice. It's kind of weird to hear his regular voice, isn't it? Because you're so familiar with all the other ones. Um, why would a Hollywood producer break into a zoo to steal a monkey? Is my next question. Well, that's not explained. And the other thing that's not explained in this plot is, why is this military film shooting in inner city New York involving a monkey? <laughs> well, that one I can answer, Pete. Okay. Because Outbreak 2, The Virus Takes Manhattan, is oh, a that's true, fictional yes. sequel of the real film, which is called Outbreak. And that film is about a deadly virus, which is brought from Africa to America by a capuchin monkey. Ah, so it, suddenly it makes sense. It, it is actually, it, as Friends Mad Stuff goes, it does actually make make more sense. It doesn't make much sense that Jean-Claude Van Damme's in it when he wasn't in the original one, as far as I know. I think it was like Dustin Hoffman, and I don't think so. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was. Um, but yes, it's they've sort of done a weird semi-real but not real thing. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey, Cuba Gooding Jr., Donald Sutherland. Bloody hell, there's loads of René Russo. There's loads of people in this. I've never seen Outbreak, have you? Nope. Maybe that should be something we can do in the break. Not the break of the podcast, the break of the series. is Not just while the ads are on. Um, so yeah, that does that. that sort of explains that. I just don't understand why... Uh, the monkey was stolen from the zoo and then ended up in show business. That makes no sense to me, unless it was just like a two- That sounds like a great film plot in itself. Oh, yeah, well, we could make that movie, couldn't we? He says, with no movie-making experience. Or a monkey. Or a monkey. Zero monkeys. Um, so Marcel's in show business now. Ross tracks him down. He is the monkey from the advert. And then he finds out he's filming in um, in New York. So he just nips down to the set, which I'd say, considering it's a public location, is very poorly secured. Especially as all it takes to lure the monkey over is to sing 
a lion sleeps tonight. Exactly. If that was a real proper movie set, there's a couple of like plastic barriers and one security guard that makes a sarcastic comment about Flipper and that's it. Mm. I wouldn't be deterred at all by that security set, would you? No, not at all. Improve your fictional security, guys. Should we do the library next? Yes, let's do the library. Phoebe gets... So, so this was brought up by Neve in her request. Why would they let a random woman from a cafe sing to kids in a library? Very strong question. The answer, of course, is that Chris Isaac slash Rob, is he called Rob? Uh, Rob wants to bang Phoebe, so just gives her a gig in front of the kids. Is that basically the gist of it? A man giving a woman a work opportunity because he wants to sleep with her. He is terrible at his job. Um, well, also, it transpires that he's a very good singer. So why doesn't he just sing to the kids himself? Well, exactly. Just do it yourself, well, mate. because he you can't literally have that skill set. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just hi- he hi- not only does he hire Phoebe, there is no indication that she'd be good at that job, as Neve says. Like, all he's seen her do is sing weird fucking mad songs that are completely inappropriate in Central Perk. You wouldn't ever see that and think, well, she'd be perfect for this kid's gig I've got. What a random selection of guest stars. Isn't it? Isn't it? I'm not... Him off of Wicked Games. Yeah. And and bloke off of Homer Simpson (laughs) and recognisable sitcom actor and... Well, and Brooke Shields. the, The Brooke Shields who we're yet to come on to. Yes, and Brooke Shields, exactly, yeah. I mean, is... Chris Isaac, even an actor. I'm not sure how much acting he did. I mean, his performance in this episode doesn't lead me to believe he's much of an actor. <laughs> Would that be fair to say? But equally, doesn't embarrass himself. No, but he's not. He's, he's, you wouldn't watch him and go, make that guy a star, you know? Well, no, but Brad Pitt is Friends' worst guest star. So. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Do you know what? That is opinion that isn't very widely shared. Should be. It should be, because I agree. I think we both agree totally on that. I don't think he's very good in it at all. And I think Brad Pitt's a very good actor. Um, but there you go. Hey, we're, we're getting distracted. I don't think that he should kiss Phoebe in front of all the kids to give her a little confidence boost. Going either. back to my thing about him being terrible. He's so unprofessional, isn't he? Mm. Not only, like, even, even if there weren't kids there, to hire someone and then kiss them immediately on their first day of the job before they've even done the job. It's just it's out of this world, mate. It's absolutely... Chris Isaac, what are you playing at, mate? No one, and and it's, it's, it's amazing that the parents weren't like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Um, quite a very quick passing reference to the last guy that sang in front of the kids being a paedophile, isn't it? Yes. What's the joke there? It's something about um, she says picturing nervous. them in their underwear, yeah, isn't she it? She says she's nervous, so maybe I should just picture them all in their underwear. Yeah, it's quite and dark. He basically goes, don't do that. That's when the last guy got fired. I mean, that is... Dark as fuck, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And then they just move on. A little laugh, carry on we go. As has been pointed out by our requestors, though, Becky said some of her best songs. These are some of Phoebe's absolutely best songs. I, the Cow in the Meadow goes moo, the grandma one. Oh, they're all great, aren't they? Banger after banger after banger. Yeah, there are some good ones. Although, to be fair, one of them does involve a biphobic joke that probably wouldn't get... Uh, included these days but otherwise yeah yes. yeah there's certainly um elements of that song that um also yeah. also the weird suggestion after she sings that song about 
same-sex partnerships. Yeah. Um, that one of the children... Children fancies Chandler. One of the very young children fancies Chandler. It's never sat comfortably with me, that moment. That is... I see what they're trying to do, maybe, but it's so odd, isn't it? Well, the child is like like 10, right? Well, I can't... I don't know how, how old children are. I cannot... You could tell me that child was 7 or 12, and I'd tell you you were absolutely right. I, I'm very bad at guessing the age of children. But okay. certainly young child isn't it mm. um and too young for that joke i would have thought so as well yeah as a child actor or like the child actor's parents being like this kid's gonna be on friends for maybe three seconds what's the joke oh that he's gay and fancies chandler yeah even though he's 10 or 9 or 8 or 11 or whatever yep cool sign that off all the best mm, weird one um <laughs> then the weird ending of the whole episode here actually so once Phoebe gets fired and she's shocked and there's a whole Barney the Dinosaur incident. Um, the whole episode ends with them singing together and the whole punchline of the entire episode is Phoebe going, <laughs> you sing like a girl. Uh, yeah, which it, is the idea that they, she still likes him even though um I'm not sure really what her? the joke is yet. I can't work out what the joke is. They still fancy each other. They're having a sing. Why are they singing in like the performing position in Central Perk. You know, like when, when she sings it with Chrissy Hind, it's like on the couch, isn't it? You know? Yeah. yeah. Like that makes sense. I'm a, a little jam, but it looks like they're performing. I can't quite work out what the implication is. Is it an in-joke because Chris Isaac is known for singing like that? You know, like in your Wicked Games, he's got a big old... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, is that the joke? Yeah, maybe it's just it an is. Old, it's just an old joke, though, to just be like... Because what Chris Isaac is doing when Phoebe mocks him is singing very nicely. Mm. <laughs> like, he's a good singer. So what you want about his acting, he's a very good singer and he's known for being a good singer. And it's sort of, maybe that is the joke that Phoebe isn't qualified to, I don't know. Couldn't quite work it out, mate. Bit weird though, wasn't it? Was. Shall we have some adverts for Monkey Shine Beer? Yes. Because Pete, remember, if you will... If you can't get the monkey off your back, put it in your mouth. Let it shit in your hat. Oh, right. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Not sure how to feel about this Brooke Shields plotline in the... Uh prism of a 2022 viewing i think it's fair to say that um well at first i thought oh you probably wouldn't do this storyline if it was you know if joey was female but then there are a few like stalker plots in friends aren't there like when ursula slash phoebe is stalked by uh the character played by david arquette david arquette Um, so maybe they would have felt comfortable doing it either way. This is going to be a weird sentence to say, uh, but as a credible TV reviewer, I hope you'll go with me on it. But I feel like the stalking element is, is kind of okay, (laughs) but it's the clear sense that she's got quite a severe mental illness that really tilts this one over the line past the stalking element, you know? Yeah, she's in, in completely incapable of differentiating between the acting, real world and she, yeah. fictional worlds. You know, yeah. like that is, and and like it, I just it's worth flagging that up, and I don't want to dwell on it because I still think it's worth us now going through this plot line and talking about it. You know, as we would have talked about it at the time, because I think Brooke Shields is really funny in this role. Like it's it's a there's loads of great moments in it, but it is just worth noting that because it is a very strange plot line when we look back on it now to go this woman is not well at all and yet we're all just going <laughs> what a nut job yeah because that is that is literally it isn't it the, the plot line overall uh, sort of overarching thing is everyone going this woman is nuts and then this sort of quite strange sort of group duping effort in order to get her out of the apartment yeah well exactly and and like that that that's that sequence is very funny like that scene is really like if we take away that element of it and it's just them trying to get rid of her the water throwing like chandler matthew perry throwing the water you leave the toilet seat up you best so like it's so well done jennifer anderson is corpsing all the way through that scene i think yeah. it's really well done and like i say i think brooke shield is funny like given that she you know she's been handed this role to play and for you know better or worse she plays the prescribed role very well when she sort of does that maniacal laugh and throws her head back and then just sort of quickly switches and goes no but seriously that is so funny um and the hand licking and all of that she does it she plays the role very well the hand licking is um well that's a fetish isn't it that's the very sort of odd intense fetish that she has yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And do you know, uh, <laughs> this is a, a, a fact, brackets, question mark, close brackets, I, I believe a fact I discovered, uh, uh, that when they were filming this, at the time Brooke Shields was going out with Andre Agassi, and he was there, and apparently when she was licking Matt LeBlanc's hand, he like stormed onto the set and they had a big argument about it. <laughs> 
She's only allowed to lick my hands. I mean, when you, whatever's going on in this plotline, when you add in an angry tennis player, then there's all sorts going on there. What an absolutely mad one to watch being filmed, I would have thought. Um, Interestingly, Brooke Shields supposedly got her offer of her own sitcom off the back of this appearance in in Friends because they thought she was so good. Yeah. So that sort of backs up our, um, our our thesis that she is very good within it. But yeah, no, it's just the whole thing feels a bit odd watching it these days. But, you know, that's quite often the case with Friends, isn't it? The only other thing I'd like to say about this plotline, Pete, is it contains the line that makes me feel... That resonates with me more than any other line in probably any other television show. It makes me feel so close to Jerry and Chandler right at the start of this plotline before Brooke Shields arrives when they say, what do you want to do for dinner? And they say, we could just stay in and cook. And then they both burst out laughing. I've never felt closer to them in my life. Yeah, very you, that is. Love very delivery, me. don't you? I just had one for lunch, mate. Have you? What did you have? Pokey. Po- what's pokey? Pokey. Pokey, Pete, is like um, deconstructed sushi, I think they describe it as. Oh, fuck off. It's a... <laughs> Now, there's been a quiz errata, hasn't there? Uh, we didn't give enough warning about the quiz being necessary. So, um, But perhaps the journey throughout Series 7 is the real quiz. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Who was it that was supposed to be doing the quiz? Was it Mark? Yes. Yeah, let me just double check. I can remember the quiz errata. Let me get it up. Yeah, Mark. Okay, so Mark. Look. He thought we'd give him more notice. How's this for notice? You can do the first quiz of season eight. Yeah, okay. That's quite a bit of notice. That's fucking loads of notice. So, yeah, let's see it come back with an excuse now, Mark, eh? I don't, don't know why I'm <laughs> goading you so. Uh, Please do us a quiz. <laughs> what would be the first series uh, eight episode, Peter? Am I revealing that now? Well, if... if I can do. Or, or do you want to message Mark privately and tell him? Uh, I'll message Mark. He can have that as a little exclusive. That's nice. Message Mark privately, and then we'll reveal it in the run-up to Series 8, which won't be long. Don't worry. We're not taking too long off. Um, and there'll be it's a within of- this. It's like, it, let's not be ridiculous. It's within this year, like comfortably within this year. Well, I hope so, Pete. It's only bloody June. It's only just yeah, the start I, of June. I just no. felt like, you know, like some podcasts go away for like 18 months. Like, we're nah. not doing that. No, nah, we're not mad at a pornoing it, are we? No. Uh, there'll continue to be episodes of Joey and some nonsense on the Patreon, as always. Which, Dave, is available by going to patreon.com forward slash... Friendspod. And if you don't already, then make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's FWFpod, because if you follow us on Instagram, then you'll find out first when we are coming back. Well, second, actually, because Mark will find out first. That's true. But a close second with everybody Behind else Mark, that follows yeah. us. Um, yes, do do that and do keep like sending us your messages and nonsense about friends. I, it was my favorite thing to just when, whenever any of you just sort of sees a weird thing on friends and sends it us, it's really it, it tickles us, doesn't it, Pete? Mm. It's a nice little, uh, nice little addition to our days. Uh, yes, and we shan't be long. We'll let you know when we're back. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy your small break from uh, us to chatting shit. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.